Grace and peace, brothers and sisters. I'm Vicar Derek Kabilis, and this is Exile Cast for June the 10th in the year of our Lord 2020. Well, I don't know about you all, but I'm confused. You know, I, I don't really understand what exactly is going on right now with this virus. I mean, I, I look at the numbers in the graphs that they put online. I do that, and I see that stores and bars and restaurants and amusement parks are opening up. I listen to all the recommendations, but at the end of the day, I have to admit, both to you and to myself, that I still feel disoriented. I know there are some places where cases are spiking right now, reaching levels that they reached in late March. Um, in, in, in a lot of those states are especially in the South, which I don't really understand because I thought that the warmer weather would help tamp things down. And then at the same time, there are places like Ohio where the numbers thankfully continue to trend downward slowly and haltingly, not in a straight line, but unmistakably down. I see that restaurants are opening up. I, I talk to people that have gone to restaurants over the last couple weeks, but I have yet to go out to eat myself. I have yet to just run out to the store real quick. In, in my house, we make one grocery stop a week. Maybe an emergency stop uh, here or there to pick up a prescription or some toilet paper or something like that. But the rest of the time, I just go back and forth between my house and the parsonage. I walk my dogs around the neighborhood and that's pretty much it. I guess I just need to admit that I'm confused. That I don't understand. You know, every morning, for a half hour, I check the COVID news. I look at the graphs. I, I see how things are going in Ohio. I, I specifically check how things are going with churches that have already opened up. And I, I do that so that I can have some sense of what's going on out there, so that I can have something good to contribute to the conversation about when we open up our church. I want to be informed. I want to be able to work with the church council to make a good, rational decision. And, and by the way, we are committed to that, trust me. We are absolutely sold out to keeping you all safe. And I have every confidence in the world that we will. But on a personal level, I just don't know if I'm being too strict. I don't know if maybe I should just loosen up a bit and be a little more outgoing, or if I should keep it up and keep it tight, you know? Keep myself and my family safe at the expense of other things I might like to do. I don't know if you've noticed this about me. But I kind of like to understand things. 
I kind of pride myself on my ability to understand some pretty complex stuff, but this virus? Even with all the doctors and health experts and politicians and the millions of words I've probably read about it, this virus has made me feel weak, confused, totally uncertain. But this morning I came across Psalm 16. And you know, it seems like in my life I always seem to stumble into Psalm 16 whenever I'm feeling lost, whenever uh, the road before me is windy and uncertain, whenever I don't know what I'm going to do. <clears throat> it says, I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I keep the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad, and my soul rejoices, my body also rests secure. For you do not give me up to Sheol, or let your faithful one see the pit. <clears throat> now that psalm doesn't answer any of my questions. <laughs> Nor does it make me feel like I figured anything out. But what it does do is show me a path. A way of living in this world according to faithfulness. As long as the Lord gives me counsel. As long as I keep the Lord always before me, as long as I pay attention to and listen to my own heart in the darkness of the night, as long as I make my decisions with God at my right hand, then, as it says, my heart will be glad and my body will rest secure. Now, I don't think that means I can just say, screw it, and do whatever I want. Rather, I think it means that I need to be intentional about keeping God's counsel. About listening for his still small voice in my own heart. Making sure that I take the time to reflect, to meditate, to contemplate, to pray. And then wherever I am, whatever I do, at least I'll know I was walking in faith. And so when you're making your decisions about going out to eat, about going to a party or a protest, whatever it is, when you're trying to figure out how to live your life now, I just hope you'll do the same. Now pray for you. And ask that you pray for me. That we can both have the faith of the psalmist. Okay. Now what you really came here for. We have something really special for you. I took some time, I think uh, about ten days ago to sit down with a very special person 
that most of you hadn't had the chance to speak with yet, our very own director of music, Mr. Stephen Tharp. I hope you'll enjoy our conversation as much as I did. Hello, I am here with our new music director, Stephen Tharp. Um, we're just here to have a little conversation today to get everyone um, sort of acquainted with him and um, just to get his voice out there a little bit since obviously, um, Stephen, we hired you back in March literally i think your very first sunday was the one that we canceled because of the the coronavirus um i just want to start off by asking how are you doing with all of this that's happened well sure uh, well i'm i'd first like to say that uh i'm very privileged to to be here and serving as the the new music director um, everyone has been so helpful and very, very um, uh, welcoming uh, to me as I have uh, traversed the coronavirus uh, music uh, <laughs> director um, adventure. Um, but uh, th things have been going well, and uh, we've we've been trying to reach out to members of the of the congregation through through music, um, through electronic form, uh, through the. Um, uh, the, the preaching every Sunday to at least have uh, people uh, who want to experience that worship service um, through electronic means. We've we tried to do that. Um, yeah. And and Paige and and Sandy and, and and all those other folks who have been willing to step up and, and help us out. We've really just really appreciated that. Yeah, it's really good. So back to the beginning. How did you find your way to the United Methodist Church of Uniontown? Uh, why did you want to work here? And uh, once we offered it to you, why did you ultimately take the job? That's a really good question. Um, at, at the time, uh, I felt like I I wanted something different. I had been uh, I'm a member of of three orchestras, and um, I've always really enjoyed directing choirs. It's one of my my real passions. And over time, I've, I've just kind of really wanted to get back into it. I just didn't know where that opportunity was going to present itself. And um, I just happened to be, every once in a while, I'd pull up, uh, you know, Indeed, and I'd just look, and I'd see what was out there. And sometimes I wouldn't see anything. Sometimes I, th I saw something that would interest me. Um, but I just happened to hit the right day. I happened to see the, the ad that was placed on Indeed and um, I started reading through it and I, it seemed like a great opportunity. Uh, the, the, the kind of, uh, of, of music ministry that was already in place here seemed pretty interesting and inviting uh, with a bell choir, yeah. with a, uh, an actual choir uh, a brass ensemble, uh, you know, and I thought that was pretty cool and really wanted to know a little bit more, which is why I reached out and I applied and to, to see if I could, you know, help make things, you know, a little better. 
Yeah, the timing was perfect because you were literally, I think, the very first person who applied for the job, believe it or not. We had oh, wow. a few more apply after you, but you were the first email that we got. Um, just in talking a little bit about your background, how did you first fall in love with music such that you felt called to make it such a big part of your life? Well, I've always been involved in music from the time that I was really, really little. Um, you know, it all started with just enjoying music class. I always, you know, not to not to stereotype, but I was always more attracted to music class than I was gym class. You know, it was just it, it just kind of felt uh, fell that way uh, for me. And um, and as I went through uh, my. Uh, I started thinking about, you know, in fourth grade, they start talking about whether or not you're going to join band or choir or things like that. And so my first experience from that uh, was joining the band. And I started on alto sax. I was awful at it. <laughs> and um, I'm sure that my mom and dad wished that I had picked something else. <laughs> they actually told me that I wasn't able to pick an instrument that would be bigger than me because my first original... <laughs> My first original uh, pick was trombone, so that got mixed real quick. Um, but I, I joined band, and I really, really loved it. And uh, the the music teachers and everyone just really encouraged me as I started going through that. I learned a couple different other instruments along the way and um, picked up violin in junior high uh, and then eventually got off to, to college where I had by that time decided that I wanted to make music a career. Um, started off as a performance major and realized that education, music education, was really like the, uh, the way that I wanted to go. So, Yeah. Well, tell us about some of those other ways. I know um, uh, this isn't the only place where music is in your life. Tell us about some of the other places where you express your gift of music. Uh, so, so like I said, uh, so I'm a part, uh, or was a part of, of three different orchestras, um, and I played with the Alliance Symphony, uh, the Worcester Symphony, and the Tuscarawas Philharmonic, and um, all organizations uh, I, I played uh, second violin uh, in Alliance. I had the privilege of, of being the first chair um, in that uh, organization and as it, it was really just a great experience to to be a part of that and in taking this job I had to uh, step back from uh, the Alliance Symphony because it fell at the same time as our choir rehearsals and whatnot but um, uh, the Worcester Symphony is a great place to, to perform, very, very high-level uh, organization that mixes the community with, uh, with students who are pursuing this as a career. And the Tuscarawas Philharmonic, which is um, predominantly um, professional musicians who just enjoy playing. And so, uh, you know, depending on the season, I'm very busy with that and enjoying playing, you know, everything from, from George Gershwin to maybe some, uh, uh, something from Disney, you know, yeah. depending on the, uh, the, the program mm -hmm. to Gustav Mahler. So I have a pretty eclectic background. That's great. Um, now you also have a, a day job, right? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, and what you like about it? So I am the current uh, operations coordinator for the Stark Tuscarawas Wayne uh, Recycling District. 
And um, if you had asked me five years ago if I was going to be a recycler, I would have laughed at you probably. Um, uh, but since taking this job, I have really kind of come around and really enjoy what I do. So I handle the operations side. Um, I maintain our public drop-offs, which are accessible to all residents of Stark County, Wayne County, and Tuscarawas County residents. And uh, we make sure that everything is, uh, is, is nice and clean for our drivers to come in and pick up those materials and, uh, and making sure that it's safe for our residents. Uh, we also, I'm also in charge of our Household Hazardous Waste Program where I run the uh, Canton Recycle Center as well as we're about ready to start our uh, Wayne County um, drop-off. So, so there's some details that are still being worked out, but largely I handle um, collecting of recyclables and making sure that those get to market through um, our various vendors and, uh, and making it easier for people to recycle. Okay, great. Um, what is it about that that really speaks to you? Why is that important to you? So I, I've always been, I've always had jobs that were in the, uh, the, the private sector. Um, yeah. And so this is a government sector job. Um, so when, when you get into the, the government, some people, uh, you know, may perceive the government as slow and not always uh, as uh, maneuverable as... The, yeah, I know. Everyone's shocked <laughs> by that. Uh, but, you know, coming from the private sector, I bring that mentality. And so I want to make it more efficient. And so that's what I really like about it. No day is the same. Every day I go in, there's always a new challenge. And so being dynamic and flexible is really, really important, which I think really, really kind of makes it, you know, a great transition to what we're doing here. Because when you're uh, when you're dealing with music and volunteers and everything, flexibility kind of has to be your your mantra. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so word on the street is that you have a very special lady who is living in your home right now. Care to tell us a little bit about her? Sure. Uh, so that special lady would be my 82-year-old grandmother, uh, <laughs> Donna. Um, she uh, is number one in my, in my <laughs> eye. <laughs> um, uh, she, is, she has been the, the bedrock of, of my, for my whole life. And um, from the time that I was little, I didn't have the, um, the easiest of upbringings, um, but my grandparents were there for me. And so every opportunity I had growing up was because uh, she or my grandfather made it happen. Um, you know, they were better off financially and in a better position. Um, my everything, even, even my straight teeth, I owe to them. Mm. Uh, so I'm very, very, um, very uh, privileged to, to have that, that support system. Um, but she's now in a time in her life where now she needs, you know, a little help herself. And so whatever, uh, little accommodation I can provide to her, you know, I try to do. Um, but, uh, but yeah, she's, she keeps me, um, on the straight and narrow. Yeah. So. Well, I'm glad you could be there for her. Um, so I'm I'm often back in my little hobbit hole um, in the vicar's office, but throughout this whole coronavirus thing, I've noticed that you've been in the building quite a bit, actually, um, even staying pretty late sometimes. 
Uh, what have you been working on? Well, uh, the the coronavirus has really kind of provided an opportunity that I probably wouldn't have had otherwise. Mm. Um, you know, coming into a new position, you don't always know what your what you have. You know, uh, everything from music to volunteers to um, uh, to opportunities, and so. I've really been taking the time to to kind of go through um, every uh, piece of music in the the choral library, the handbells, the uh, the individual solo music, and just kind of identifying you know what things are appropriate for us and uh, where we can possibly go with that. And so that's important for me as I look to build the program. And, uh, and during this time, I've also had the privilege of working with with Paige, our accompanist. She's a yeah. fantastic musician and a very, very flexible person and very easy to work with. And, uh, and so having that support structure has been a huge blessing uh, to me. And, uh, and so as I navigate uh, moving forward, I'm hoping that I will be able to expand on that and get to know people as they come through. Oh, that's really cool. So, I mean, you said you were working on going through all the music, a uh, couple hundred songs in the library maybe actually we've got thousands of pieces <laughs> that we've uh uh in the library but it's it's one of those things that um uh you know you you go through it and uh you know you you, you want to make sure that um that the words that are that are being sung have have meaning and that they uh, and that they're going to, to be theologically uh, sound. And so that's where I'm coming from. I'm looking at this stuff and making sure that, that this is ministering to the hearts, uh, not only of the, the people that are in the ministry, the choir ministry or the bell choir or, uh, or whatever I'm, I'm working with, but yeah. also the congregation each and every mm -hmm. Sunday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I bet a lot of people don't consider that, right? That all music just isn't the same and universally yeah. applicable to every group or ensemble or choir but there are certain pieces of music that are more appropriate yeah i liken it to um uh, if you're listening to uh, a preacher preach sometimes they'll they'll use different bible versions for certain quotes because they like the way that it's worded and and that uh you know and so uh, i should try that sometime <laughs> yeah uh but it's um it's definitely um something that is is important to me because I want to make sure that uh, that we that the message that we're providing is nourishing the people that are hearing it. Yeah, that's really great. Uh, finally, you know, these are some difficult times right now. I mean, we say that all the time, um, but now we kind of mean it, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Um, it has been a really tough oh about ten weeks now. Uh, what's been sustaining you over the past 10 weeks? Uh, where have you found life and joy and peace to get you through this time? Well, that's a really good question because I am the type of person that is constantly working on stuff. Mm. So I feel that I am at my best when I am focused on delivering for other people. And so... Um, it's kind of like a twofold kind of thing. You know, I, I do a lot of volunteer 
service. And so this uh, coronavirus has provided that opportunity a mm. lot, you know, especially in connecting with my neighbors. Yeah. Uh, I know that many are concerned and and should be, you know, uh, with with what's going on. But we have a real opportunity, I think, to to serve people and to find ways to connect with our brothers and sisters that are around us. And um, and on top of that, uh, just kind of finding ways to also find time for myself and mm-hmm. segregating and getting my head clear and just taking walks and just, you know, playing with, you know, puppies and stuff like that. You know, I well, always enjoy that. So it's a <laughs> both the taking of walks and the playing of puppies. I think I can uh, help you out with that if I, you'd like. Sometime. Yeah, that would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Well, uh, Stephen, I am uh, honored that you have chosen to come and be a part of our ministry. Um, I've enjoyed working with you so far. I'm looking forward to when uh, we're able to work together in, in a more regular kind of situation and circumstance. I, I'm really looking forward to the kind of ministry we're going to do together and I want to thank you for being here today. Absolutely. And I just want to just say one last thing to yeah. everyone who's listening. You know, if you have talents, if you if you want to share your gift um, uh, through music or in some way, shape or form, please don't hesitate to to give me a call or email me or get a hold of me. I, I, I'd love to see everyone participate in some way and uh, just always know that my office is open and I'm always willing to listen. That's awesome. Uh, Look out if you play an instrument or sing or uh, even if you don't do any of those things but would like to, Stephen will be looking for you. Done, done. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Stephen. Thank you. 